The FDA and Department of Homeland Security recently issued security alerts about vulnerabilities in infusion pumps from medical device manufacturer Hospira. Could there be more cybersecurity warnings about medical devices coming from the FDA and Homeland Security sometime soon? I'm Marianne Kolbesak-McGee, Executive Editor at Information Security Media Group. Today I'm speaking with independent researcher Billy Rios, who originally identified an improper authorization vulnerability and an insufficient verification of data authenticity vulnerability in Hospera's LifeCare PCA infusion system last spring. Billy will describe for us what transpired after he made these discoveries, what led the FDA and Homeland Security to issue the recent warnings, and what he thinks will happen next when it comes to medical device cybersecurity. Hi, Billy. Hey, how's it going? Good. So now, just to start, briefly describe for us how you found the vulnerabilities in these infusion pumps and what prompted you to assess these products. What motivated you to take a look? To be honest, I've been actually looking at these devices for, for a pretty long time, uh, medical devices in general. Most of the work that we do, we do it for clients. And so uh, when that work is completed, that, that work actually doesn't belong to us. That belongs to whoever hired us to do the work. So the majority of the work that we do probably never sees the light of day. But every once in a while, we, we, you know, we'll get an opportunity to just do independent research. And what we mean by independent research is we'll just purchase the pumps on our own with our own money not sponsored by anyone, not not chartered by anyone. Uh, we get to look at what we want to look at. Uh, and then, you know, at the end of the day, more importantly, whatever we find, uh, we're free to do whatever we want with that. And that's the situation that we're in with these infusion pumps. So, you know, now over a year ago, almost a year and a half ago, uh, we purchased a variety of infusion pumps. The PCA was one of them. We just started taking a look at them uh, in our spare time. And so, you can buy these devices off of you know popular auction websites like eBay. There's forums and websites dedicated to selling used medical devices now. So uh, if you want to buy an infusion pump, if you want to buy an MRI, if you want to buy a CT, uh, you can buy any of those uh, devices if you want, if you have the inclination to, and the space you know, where you want to set these things up. And so getting the equipment is definitely not the hard part. Uh, once the equipment, you know, once we have the equipment in, in my lab here in my home office, you know, I have a number of infusion pumps. I have three PCAs, Husker PCA Lectures in here. I have uh, some of their other pumps in here as well and some other medical devices. Uh, just a matter of finding time to look at these things and see what they're all about. So that's what we did last year. We came across some pretty startling things. I think of all the infusion pumps that we looked at, uh, you know, the Husqvarna line probably has some of the most egregious issues that we saw. Uh, we reported this to the DHS, like ICS cert. That's the Industrial Control System Cyber Emergency Response Team, and they have a charter to deal with well, basically any kind of embedded security issue, whether it affects critical infrastructure or access control or medical devices. And so we gave our findings to them. They, in turn, turned and gave those findings to the FDA. I believe it's either DHS or FDA that reached out to the, uh, the manufacturer in this case and notified them of the things that we found. So what can you tell us about the vulnerabilities that you found, and how do these vulnerabilities happen? Is it something that could have been prevented in the design process? What sorts of things did you find? I think what we found is pretty interesting. I think there's a, there's a kind of a, a side story here that's also interesting as well. So we found a, a large number of things. <laughs> so the pump itself, it's also important to remember that there's software that supports the pump itself. So when you buy a medical device or you buy any kind of device, in fact, uh, you're not just buying a device. What you're doing is you're buying a device, but you're also buying an entire ecosystem that's, that supports that device. And so 
that software that will be installed in your healthcare organization that support you know contracts where people will come in and do maintenance and, and support on the on the pump itself. There's training that usually accompanies the device that you've purchased, and so people can be trained on how to use that. So we have to remember that when you purchase a device, uh, you're actually purchasing all this other stuff as well. And so we looked at some of the supporting stuff in addition to the pump. Some of the software that's used to create drug libraries, some of the software that's used to change the configurations of the pumps remotely. These are all great innovations, right? This makes it to where instead of you know one person dealing with one pump, you can now have one practitioner, a nurse, or a doctor manage you know 100 pumps now uh, from a centralized uh, nursing station or something like that. So we looked at that software. Uh, we found a lot of different vulnerabilities in that software, and that was the first advisory that DHS had published is you know vulnerabilities associated with that software. And I think if you're a Hospital customer, you can actually download a patch for that software. If you have a hospital and you have this software, you're in a vulnerable state right now until you download the patches. In addition to the supporting software, we actually looked at the pump itself, right? So something that's very important to understand is the pump has a unique form factor. If you were to see it in a in a patient room, you would say, wow, that's a, it's an infusion pump. It's doing some miraculous things, and that's true. But we also have to remember that at the end of the day, the pump is really just a computer. So inside of the pump, if you look inside of it, if you open the pump up, which we've done, you know, you'll see that it has a processor, much like your laptop or desktop you would have at home, and it has software that's, that that processor is running, you know, much like the software that you run on your desktop or a laptop. So the form factor is very different, but the underlying technologies that drive that pump or whatever other device you're looking at, CPU or MRI, it's just a computer under the hood. It's a processor and software, and that software is written by a person, a human being, right? And... Uh, and human beings make mistakes. So when human beings make mistakes in software, sometimes that results in a software vulnerability that someone can take advantage of and make the device or the software do something that it's not intended to do. And, and so that's what we're looking for. Uh, we're most interested in looking for vulnerabilities that can, what we say, can be taken advantage of remotely. Uh, that means that usually means something that can be taken advantage of over a network. And so uh, when we look at infusion pumps, every modern infusion pump is networked. So it's either connected to a network via a wire, like you know RJ45 jack, which is your typical network connection that you would have at home that you'd plug into your router or your cable modem. But more and more, we start we're starting to see that infusion pumps are connected to the network via wireless. And so all the pumps that we've looked at have wireless connectivity. They can be joined to a network over wireless. And so if there's software vulnerabilities, those software vulnerabilities can be taken advantage over the network remotely. So that means. You know, I don't have to actually have physical access to the pump. I can be a thousand miles away, and I can take advantage of the flaw inside the pump itself. So uh, a lot of the pump vulnerabilities haven't actually been publicly disclosed yet. So uh, we reported the pump vulnerabilities to DHS and ICS CERT last year. Uh, it's actually been over a year ago now, and uh, we're still waiting on fixes to come forward. But uh, I think uh, an important story here is, you know, while we're waiting for these fixes to come through for the actual pump itself, um, there was another researcher uh, out of Ontario, I think his name is Jeremy Richards. Uh, he happened to buy one of the same pumps that I had, and he contacted the, the vendor and said, hey, you know, I have these issues that I found, and they said, yeah, you know, whatever. And uh, and so he ended up actually publishing his research, part, well, at least part of his research. So uh, that's kind of the situation that we're in. You know, I'm definitely not the only person looking at these devices. There are certainly other people, and so that's something that people should take into consideration. I also think it's important to understand that you know, a lot of what Jeremy found and a lot of what I found, it's, they're the same issues, right? And so um, I think if anyone at Hospera would have taken a security assessment of this pump, they probably would have found the same issues you know, before us and they, they would have had some time to fix it. But it kind of shows that I don't 
they don't do their the technical due diligence from a security standpoint when they release these pumps. Uh, whether that's they didn't know that they had to, or whether or not that was there was no requirement to do so at the time. Just the fact that I looked at this pump and found these particular issues. Another person across the world, on the other side of the you know, North North America, looked at the pump and found the same issues. I'm sure if we gave this pump to any other security researcher, they would find the same or similar issues as us. Uh, kind of shows that when this pump was put to market, it didn't really undergo any kind of security scrutiny at all. These vulnerabilities that you found in the infusion pumps, are they potential safety risks to patients? Do these vulnerabilities pose data security risks to the healthcare providers that use these systems? Yeah, certainly. So, I mean, there's a number of issues. Uh, just, it's just there's literally too many issues to kind of enumerate on this during this podcast. We would run out of time. So one of the issues that I was most concerned about is a design issue in the way that the pump accepts drug library updates. And so, you know, drug libraries are kind of the, you know, the parameters in which drugs are to be administered to patients. And so, obviously, if you have an ability to tamper that, you know, I believe that that's a patient safety issue. The manufacturer believes that there's some mitigating circumstances there. But I don't know if, you know, you could walk into any practitioner's office and say, hey, look, I'm going to modify the drug library on this pump. Is that okay? And I don't think any one of them would shake their head and say, yeah, that's okay. Uh, there's also some other issues here. I think, you know, one of the issues, the other researcher, Jeremy, one of the issues that he identified on his blog that we reported to DHS last year is that the communications module, uh, you know, the module that allows the pump to talk to the network, anyone can log into that, you know, with the highest privilege, what we call root privileges. And so, uh, you know, any communications that's coming to and from the pump can be basically tampered with by any person on the network. There's no username. There's no login. Uh, you literally just tap that into the vulnerable port, and it just drops you into what we call a root shell. And so normally in modern software, there's a lot of work that's required in order to get an exploit so that we can have root on a device or on software. And in this case, for the Husqvarna infusion pumps, there is no security protections for that. You can just access that port almost by design and, and be able to take over the communications module for the pump. So, um, and here's where we're kind of coming into some interesting cases. So that module controls all the communications from the pump to the network. And so anything that's being sent to the pump, whether it's configuration updates, whether it's drug library updates, uh, the attacker will have the ability to tamper that, right? So any kind of status information that the pump is sending to the centralized station, uh, the attacker by design will have the ability to tamper that as well. But what we're most interested in is two things. Well, security research, from a security research perspective, uh, number one is what we call a variant analysis. So we know that these issues exist in the PCA, PCA3. Uh, but given the design, you know, given that these are design issues in the way that the software is deployed on the pumps, you know, we strongly believe that the other pumps made by Hospital are affected by these vulnerabilities as well. And so we've asked the vendor to conduct what we call variant analysis to see if other pumps are affected. And, and they don't want to, right? And, and there's some, I think, uh, business reasons for that. But you know, from a patient safety standpoint, I think we should understand what the extent of the exposures are for the other pumps. And so that hasn't been conducted yet. Uh, and the last thing that we want people, uh, the, the vendor to do as well is what we call impact analysis. And so uh, impact analysis is, from an engineering standpoint, given access to this communications module, root access to the communications module, what can be done to the pump, right? What's the worst case scenario from an engineering standpoint? From our analysis, what we've seen is the communications module is really kind of uh, you know, a very important piece in how the pump functions. And, and, you know, if you have control over the communications module, it really looks like you can actually rewrite the software on the pump itself through what we call firmware update. And 
the firmware is actually the brains of the pump, right? It's the software that actually runs the pump. And the communications module actually offers a way to update that firmware. And so we think that's pretty serious. If someone were to be able to do that, they would be basically be able to repurpose the pump to do whatever they want. And that's, that's definitely a dangerous situation. So with that said, do you think there are other medical products today that are already in use at hospitals or clinics that have similar security vulnerabilities? And what should be done about that? Yeah, I mean, uh, like, like I said before, we asked the vendor in this case to do uh, variant analysis and impact analysis. Uh, they refused to do that. And so, you know, what we've done is we've actually purchased some of the other pumps in the product line, uh, and we're going to do that for them. You know, they're not paying us to do that. In fact, they probably don't want us to do that, to tell you the truth. But uh, we're going to do that just kind of as an independent research project uh, to see whether or not the other pumps are affected. Keep in mind, you know, uh, these, these issues were reported over a year ago. And so uh, the vendors had plenty of time to do this type of analysis. And like I said, they just choose not to. So uh, I think, uh, you know, this type of analysis and this type of data uh, can kind of shine a light onto some of the things that we're seeing in the device world, medical device world. Hopefully, you know, in the future, uh, if someone discovers a bug like this, you know, they'll do the requisite, you know, variant analysis and impact analysis that's required to understand the full scope of the issue. So we're not waiting on researchers to, you know, scrape together some dollars in order to buy this equipment and do their own research in their own home labs or whatever. So um, I, I think that's a pretty important piece because, you know, the, the right people to be doing this is the vendor. Uh, this is done in all other security, you know, for all other modern software. You know, when I used to work at Microsoft as a security program manager for Internet Explorer, you know, whenever we came across a security issue, we would conduct a variant and impact analysis. No one had to ask us to do that. Now, I had a chance to work at Google as well. Uh, we did the same thing with people who reported bugs to us. We did a variant and impact analysis. No one ever had to tell us that we had to do that. And so hopefully, you know, just by shining a light on some of these issues and, you know, how widespread they are against some of the, the product lines that we're going to be looking at, uh, hopefully manufacturers start to understand that this is important and eventually someone's going to figure this out, right? So better to just kind of uh, fix these issues and move on and then try to fight it and cover things up. So now what are the biggest lessons that the medical device manufacturers out there should learn from this whole situation here with these infusion pumps when it comes to cybersecurity issues? I think there's a lot of lessons here. So the fact that I had reported these issues over a year ago and then we had another researcher, totally independent of me, discover the same issues a couple weeks ago. I think that shows that, hey, people are starting to pay attention to the security of these devices. And I know that, you know, I've done work for a number of healthcare organizations and hospitals. Uh, they're definitely looking at the security of devices without a doubt, right? Uh, they are paying people to come in and take a look at these devices and get a better understanding of what, there's, what their exposures are. But at the same time, there's a lot of other folks who are interested in you know, the security of medical devices. And we definitely have a long ways to go. And so, and software bugs are, that's inevitable, right? It's, it's software is written by human beings. Human beings make mistakes. It's, it's inevitable that we're going to have a security issue here and there. You know, hopefully the, the vendor has a good process to deal with those issues because although they can't completely eliminate you know, every single security bug, uh, they don't have a lot of control over elimination of all the security issues. They do have control over, over how they respond. Right, and I think this is a classic case where is one year to address security issues like this? Is that acceptable? You know, maybe that's acceptable to the to the device vendor, but is that acceptable to you as a healthcare organization, or is that acceptable to you as a practitioner, right, a nurse or a doctor, or, or more probably most importantly, is that acceptable to you as a patient, right? I mean, would you feel comfortable going into a hospital 
uh, looking at an infusion pump that's about to be hooked up to you, uh, knowing that you know the vendor has sat on a security issue for over a year uh, and is finally just now deciding that they want to do something. Uh, I don't know if that makes people very comfortable. You know, I think we have to, to do a lot better here. And hopefully, you know, it seems like some, most of the device vendors I talk to talk to some large device vendors. Uh, they're doing the right thing. You know, I've worked with a lot of different healthcare organizations, places like Mayo Clinic and Kaiser. Uh, those those organizations are definitely doing the right thing, and they're moving the ball forward. You know, hopefully, uh, what we can do is get some momentum to where you know all the device vendors and all the healthcare organizations are moving in the right direction. And I think that's what we're trying to get to. We've got a lot of work to do, but I think that's the ultimate goal. So, Billy, when it comes to healthcare organizations, hospitals, clinics, and those sorts of entities, what's your advice to them if they are unaware that you know there are these issues in the medical devices that they may be using in their organizations? What should they do about this? What should they be doing proactively to make sure that the devices that they're using are indeed secure and safe? Yeah, I, I think you hit on the key word here. Uh, the word is proactive. So. Uh, when we look and talk to some folks who are less mature, you know, like I said, I need a couple of organizations that are doing a really great job and kind of pushing the ball forward. When we talk to an organization that isn't so progressive, uh, typically the stance that they want to take is, we'd rather not know. That's really an old-fashioned way of thinking about this problem, right? So we really don't have any place uh, for that line of thinking anymore, that we'd rather not know line of thinking. I mean, I think the, you know, the vendor that we're dealing with now the fact that they don't want to do variant analysis and impact analysis, that shows that their attitude is very much, we'd rather not know. And so there's no place for that in healthcare, right? So at the end of the day, these are some of the most intimate embedded devices you know, on the planet. Uh, medical devices are hooked up to people. These devices touch people, physically touch people, right? So uh, the, the patients that go in for care when it comes to medical devices, uh, they're depending on those medical devices to give them a certain level of care, right? And uh, they expect a certain level of quality from the medical device, uh, not just from how it operates, but also from a security standpoint. And so the we'd rather not know attitude is something that needs to go uh, in the medical world. You know, we, we should have a, a much better approach to this. The approach should be engineering focused. We should know about all the risks associated with the devices, well, as, at least as many as we can figure out, you know, from a scientific standpoint, from a data standpoint. And we should work to address those those issues. Like I said before, uh, having a vendor or, or a healthcare organization say, hey, you know, we know there's issues, but we'd just rather not know the details, I think that's irresponsible, especially when it comes to what our patients expect from us. Thanks, Billy. I've been speaking to researcher Billy Rios. I'm Marion Kolbesak-McGee of Information Security Media Group. Thanks for listening.